The Chosen Families Project, where everybody is welcome. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 17 of The Chosen Families Project. My name is Julian Ribello, and today's episode is called Renowned Female Physician and Suffragette, Dr. Sarah E. Evans Sealover. So I had recovered, and we're going to just get right into it. So I had recovered this photograph in an antique store in Asbury Park, New Jersey. The photograph is a cabinet card of a woman in her early 20s with dark brown curly hair pinned up, and she's wearing a dark shirt. The photograph was taken by Excelsior Gallery in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. The back of the photograph lists Dr. S. Evans Sealover. So I did some research, and what I was able to find was that she was actually a prominent suffragette and physician based out of South River, New Jersey. And recently, I am very happy to say that I was actually able to return this photograph in person to the South River Historical Society, who wrote information about her before. So here is the story of Dr. Sarah E. Evans Sealover. Now, before I begin, I just want to preface that I got a lot of my information from an article from the South River Historical Preservation and News from a Brian Armstrong, and it was titled Dr. Seven Sarah Evans Sealover, The Lady Doctor, and this was published in one of their articles in June 2012, and I included the link to that in my research blog, and that had a lot of information about the inc- intricacies of her life. So Sarah was born on May 8th, 1863, in Lincroft, New Jersey, to parents Thomas Evans and Anne Perethro. Her father was born on July 17, 1819, in Roddenshire, South England. Her mother, Anne Prethero, on January 30, 1823, in Irwood, England. The couple married in 1848 in England, having eight children in total, including Sarah, which included Ella, born in 1851, William, born in 1853, Margaret, born in 1854, John, born in 1858, George, born in 1860, and Edwin, born 1862, and Joseph, born 1868. Her parents and her first three siblings had immigrated to the United States by about 1851 from England. By 1870, her father, according to the census, her father was working as a farmer in Middletown, Monmouth County, New Jersey. Sarah was only seven years old at this time. So she was born, as we said before, in New Jersey. So this was the family had immigrated, and a couple years later, the family had Sarah. So by the 1880 census, she was residing with her brother John, also in Middletown. And by 1885, she was residing with her parents and brother Joseph in Middletown. So after 1885, she actually sought her professional education. And she had attended the Petty Institute in Heightstown and then entered Bucknell University, where she actually was taught where she taught higher mathematics and chemistry. And that was my that's my major. So I find that so funny that we have that in common. And then she became interested in the medical profession and entered the College Preparatory School of Newark, New Jersey, and later the New York Medical College, where she had graduated in 1893. So after completing her degree, she spent a year as an intern in the New England Hospital for Women and Children in Boston, Massachusetts. 
And just a little bit of information on the hospital. It says that the hospital was founded in 1862 in an effort to overcome the obstacles that stood in the way of women entering medical practice by providing them a competitive advantage with clinical training and cutting edge of contemporary medical pedagogy. She came to South River in 1894 on the advice of friends and had opened her practice. And the development of Stairville and South River industrial factories may have increased the population and the need for additional doctors in the area. And as a family researcher, it's always important, especially, you know, for someone like Sarah to consider the context of why she moved and, you know, why she moved to a particular area. If the area had suddenly grew in population, there would be a need for this doctor well, or a physician in the area to, as a response to the incoming population. Now, the photograph itself was likely taken at her time at Bucknell University, which was located in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. Initially, with my searches for Sarah, what I was finding was that, you know, she was in Jersey. So I was very interested to see, you know, how this, why this photograph would have been taken in Lewisburg. And the historical society, when I actually went and consulted with them, they actually discussed that this was likely where she had taken it. And also given the age of her appearance in the photograph, this is very likely to be true. So two years after her arrival to the South River, on April 20th, 1896, she had married Charles H. Sealover, who was a successful boatsman from the borough of South River, who was 22 years her senior, born in 1840. Now, soon after her marriage, her father would pass away on the 26th of November, 1896, in Lincroft, and he is buried in Fairview Cemetery in Middletown. By 1900, she had resided with her husband, Charles, and mother in South River, New Jersey, with a blossoming practice on Main Street, beginning as early as 1893, according to the 1915 Annual Report for the New York Infirmary for Women and Children. Dr. C. Lover worked as a physician and surgeon at this address until 1930, according to census records. Now, Armstrong's article actually discusses further on the actual details of her practice and then what she did for this community for South River as a whole with her practice. It states that Dr. Sealover began to distinguish herself and develop a trust with the community due to her professionalism and experience. She had a kindly disposition, tenacity of purpose, and promptness in caring for her patrons. She treated many patients in their homes and made house calls until they were well. Newspapers noted her treatment of children with dog bites, injuries from falls, burns from bathwater, throat burns from carbolic acid, and sprained wrists from roller skating. Adult injuries included cuts from being burned under, buried under clay, broken ribs from falling off a ladder, stabbing wounds, and a steamroller burn to the face. In all cases, she quickly served the patient by dressing the wound, performing small medical procedures, and finally sending the patient to a hospital if required. Now, some cases put her in the position of only being able to help people in their final moments of life. Charlotte Dale Barber recalled old Doc Sealover's rambling gray house at 115 Main Street, which included her somewhat gloomy, sparsely furnished office. During her during office visits, her long, billowing woolen skirt reached down to the tips of her high-buttoned shoes, and under the skirt, she wore two flannel petticoats, and one of which was sewed a large pocket. 
When a patient would reimburse her, she would lift up her skirt and deposit the money in her petticoat. Barbara had also recalled that for most house calls, someone was sent to get Dr. Sleelover because of the lack of telephones in the town of South River. She would arrive during her driving her horse and buggy and later a Model T Ford with solid perforated rubber tires. She endured the rough ride to ensure that she would always be able to reach her patients quickly. Dr. Sealover would inquire about the health of the family and then administer castor oil before any other medications were prescribed. For minor injuries such as black eyes, a leech was prescribed from a local pharmacy. Although Sea Lover was compassionate, she also had a stoic, no-nonsense demeanor with little tolerance for children and vocal pregnant women who do not suffer in silence. Her aim was to keep patients alive, free of pain, and help them heal as soon as possible. Her practice reached far beyond the borough with patients in Milltown, Spotswood, Oldbridge, Stairville, and Jamesburg. Patients that moved often traveled great distances to return to her from treatment, all the way from Asbury Park to Reading, Pennsylvania, and northern New Jersey. So, just a glimpse of her practice. She was a very thorough practitioner. You know, this is, you know, compiling the accounts from Armstrong, really kind of go into detail of how she worked as a physician, not only in the town, but you know, how good her practice was that she was able to build up a reputation within, you know, 30, 40 years within the community, but also within the tri-state area, which is just really cool to hear. Additionally, another thing that Armstrong had mentioned that not only did she have a practice, she also had worked as a medical examiner and provided information on cases. Joseph Karcher noted that Dr. Sealover appeared in court as a medical expert to help patients who had been in auto accidents obtain damages. She was also asked to testify in other court cases. Newspapers had noted her ability to endure a court session with one of the best cross-examiners at the bar, former Judge C.T. Cowanhaven recalls. The case in particular, had involved an assault where Sealover's testimony was necessary to convict the accused of stabbing the victim in the back rather than injuring him with a defensive frontal wound. She was equal in quick thinking and ready answers and retired from the witness stand triumphant. The Armstrong article also had a small addition, men- additional mention of an article where she was involved in one of these cases as a medical examiner. The article headline reads, Lawyer No Match for Women, M.D. Dr. Sealover of South River, baffled expert cross-examiner's attempt to make her change her opinion. South River slashing case is on. So we really get to see, you know, not only, you know, and just the depth of her education and the level that she would do to stand up for members of her community. Sarah's mother... Anne Evans would pass away on April 28, 1904, in South River, New Jersey. Her obituary from the Red Bank Register from May 4, 1904, states, Miss Anne Evans. Miss Anne Evans, widow of Thomas Evans, for many years a resident of Lincroft, died last Thursday at the home of her son-in-law, Captain Charles C. Lover of South River. She was 81 years old, and her death was due to a general breaking down of her health. Miss Evans was the daughter of John Prethero and was born in Irwood, Brecon County, England. 
1848, she married Thomas Evans of the same place. In 1851, the couple came to the United States and located in Middletown Township. They had lived on the church farm at Lincroft and also on the farm now known as the Roth Place. Seven years ago, Mr. Evans died, and since then, Miss Evans had lived with her daughter, Dr. Sarah E. C. Lover of South River. She leaves two other daughters, Miss Robert Hurley of Red Bank, Miss John Van Note of Long Branch, and four sons, John P. Evans of Middletown, George W. Evans of Chapel Hill, Edwin T. Evans of Hazlitt, and Joseph B. Evans of Oceanic. She also, she also leaves two sisters and two brothers. They are Miss Elizabeth Walkins of Tioga Center, New York, Miss Eleanor Davis and William Prethero of Irwin, Irwood, England, and John Prethero of Coltsneck. Miss Evans was possessed of a kind and sympathetic nature that endured her to a large circle of friends. The funeral was held on Monday morning at the home of her daughter at South River. Reverend John F. Cordova of South River conducted the service, assisted by Reverend Mr. Newman. And to, another thing to note is that she is buried alongside her husband in Fairview Cemetery. As a family historian with Sarah, it's also important to note that towards the last years of her life, she actually resided with her daughter and then is with her husband now. So Dr. Sealover's husband, Charles Henry Sealover, since he was 20-something years her senior, you know, he was aged, and so around nine years after her mother, her husband would pass away on February 12, 1913, also in South River. He is buried in Washington Monumental Cemetery. His obituary, published on Find a Grave, reads, Charles Sealover, old-time captain, is dead at 72. South River loses venerated resident. Business worry brought on death of Martin Fisher. South River, February 13th, 1913. Charles C. Lever, aged 72 years, a lifelong resident and respected citizen of South River, died Wednesday at afternoon at 4 o'clock. Death was the consummation of a long period of illness dating back two years. The deceased had been confined to his bed only a week, having fought most heroically against his physical condition. Mr. Sealover was a retired captain, having served as a sailor on inland schooners for many years. He was also a director of the South River Building and Loan Association, which office he had held for many years. He took an untiring interest in the welfare of the loan and was the among the heaviest of stockholders. He leaves a widow, Dr. Sarah Evans Sealover, one brother, Captain Daniel Sealover of South River, two sisters, Miss Maddie Griswold of South River, Miss Jane Quiania of Jersey City. His funeral will be held Saturday afternoon at 3.30 o'clock from his late residence on Main Street. Res Reverend James Lord, pastor of the Methodist Church, will officiate, assisted by Reverend F.W. Overhire, pastor of the Baptist Church. Interment will be made in Monumental Cemetery. Undertaker Morgan has taken charge of the arrangements. So, it went, just, it's important to note, I said Washington Monumental Cemetery, 
the cemetery had a name change over the years to now include to now from Monumental Cemetery to Washington Monumental Cemetery. Dr. Sealover had also been active member to the community during the 1918 influenza epidemic. This epidemic took over 50 million lives worldwide. The COVID-19 pandemic, which draws similarities to this historical epidemic, has taken over 6 million lives worldwide as of 2023. Armstrong describes that she put her own safety at risk and alone handled more than 450 cases, beginning early in the morning and working until midnight, taking no thought of her own comfort in regard to meals or sleep. To give people a sense of security, she wore wore a long oil skin raincoat while out on these calls and quickly removed it and stored it in her stable garage before entering her house and office. Just this alone is crazy because during the height of the pandemic, you know, this it just bears so strongly and visually to what many of our medical personnel had to deal with, you know, day by day they committed selflessly to just helping people feel better. And same with Dr. Sealover. She had to take off her dressings in her garage. And I'm sure the precautions medically and sanitary-wise, you know, were not as safe. So it's just really crazy to that. And like I mentioned before, it really bears that, you know, similar to the pandemic we just experienced where, Many had worked countless medical hours in order to just save lives, and it's just really crazy to see that. Now, as I mentioned previously, her most notable work includes her work as a suffragette within the South River community. Armstrong notes that she was active in the Tabernacle Baptist Church and was a supporter of women's suffrage. She was the master of ceremonies, when a noted suffragette speaker came to speak at the Tabernacle Baptist Church in 1915. She was interested in intellectual pursuits and supported the Chattaqua when it came to Sayreville in 1916. Newspapers called her an ardent suffragette and a leading suff. A photograph dated from 1920, held at Rutgers University Library, courtesy of the South River Historical and Preservation Society, titled June Sicknick, Future President with Her Mother, Anna Keller Sicknick, describes the movement in South River at this time and how Dr. C. Lever's work had actually contributed to it. So I'm going to really paint a portrait of the women's suffragette movement during this time in history where women still didn't have the right to vote within this small community. It reads that Sarah Evans Sealover, a local physician, was one of the leaders of South River's Equal Suffrage League. While many affluent women were often involved in suffrage groups, working-class mothers, like the one in this photograph, also joined the campaign. South River's women voted in school elections as early as 1913. Seven of the 167 ballots cast that year came from female votes, who, according to the newspaper, cast their ballots without fear or trembling, which the newspaper noted was in contrast to stereotypes about female timidity. Six years later, women cast more than half of the school election ballots. In September of 1915, the local suffragette group had actually formed. Such was their success that a month later, when New Jersey put the issue of suffrage to a state vote by the people, the suffrage amendment was rejected by a margin vote of one 
in South River. The rejected amendment represented a major turn for a place that was expected to follow the majority of the state. After the 19th Amendment became federal law in August of 1920, South River women were quick to take advantage. 265 South River women voted in the primary election in September, and 535 voted in the general election in November. So it's really crazy because, you know, Dr. Sealover had this power as a woman. She was very influential within her community, and she also had, you know, the financial backing. And for her to really help contribute to this movement was really, you know, exceptional because not until 1920 did really women have the right to vote, and she really helped give them that voice. We'll be right back after a quick break. Now, in May of 1924, Dr. Sealover applied for a passport to Europe. That This passport application, which um, I'm going to include in the research blog from Ancestry.com, includes another photograph of her when she was 61 years old. She was described, according to Armstrong, as a born diplomat and had friends of all political cultural, and ethnic backgrounds. She was also interested in civic affairs and knew every phase of government of the town. With this passport application, a lot of times witnesses were sworn in in order to provide testimony that this was the person. Now, this is a statement from Ella Van Note, who is the daughter of Anna Evans, and that's, as I mentioned in the obituary, the Miss John Van Note of Long Branch, which is just really, you know, having within family history research, building out the siblings and other associates and members of a family can really help tie them together and ascertain that you really have the correct individual. Her statement reads, State of New Jersey, County of Monmouth. Ella Van Note, being duly sworn according to law, says she is a citizen of the United States of America, that she resides on 2nd Avenue in the city of Long Branch in the County of Monmouth, New Jersey, that Miss Sarah Evan Sealover is her sister, that said Miss Sarah Evan Sealover is a resident of South River, Middlesex County, New Jersey, that she was born at Lincroft in the state of New Jersey, May 8, 1863, that Deponent was present at the birth of said Sarah Evan Sealover and knows that her said sister is an American citizen, that she lived in America all of her lifetime. So with what I meant before is as a witness, she actually had to confirm that Sarah was a citizen, and she was. Now, Sarah's physical description, according to her passport, describes her as being 60 years old, standing 5 feet 5 inches tall, with a medium forehead, dark eyes, a normal nose, a medium mouth, a medium chin, black hair, 
and a dark complexion with a round face. And the distinguishing marks that it notes is two scars on side of face due to a burn. And it's really, and you know, having those physical descriptions really helps kind of illustrate who she was, especially at this time later in her life. And as I mentioned before, this passport application does include an additional photograph of her with her signature as well. The front of the passport application, confirmed on May 7th, 1924, when it was issued from Washington, states that she was Dr. Sarah Evans Sealover, MD. She was born at Lincroft, New Jersey on the 8th of May, 1863, that her ch husband Charles H. Lover was born in South River and is now residing. And it's very interesting to see this. I see this a lot of times on vital records and, and marriage records when they have to list the residence of the, someone's parents or husband as dead, which was true because he had passed around 10, 11 years before in 1913. And she was going to Italy, Switzerland, Belgium, France, and England and she was leaving out of New York on July 3rd, 1924. And her traveling to all these countries really confirms that she did have really good diplomatic intentions and really wanted to better the world around her, especially with her power. By the winter of 1932, this had begun her downfall, unfortunately. She had received a midnight call, according to Armstrong, from a sick patient near death that had been passed over by other doctors in the area. Dr. Sealover shoveled and dug her way to the home of the sick person and arriving in time to save their life. Soon thereafter, she became very ill and went to the home of her niece, Miss E. Thurston Blaisdell of Long Branch. Dr. Sarah Evans Sealover would pass away on the 5th of April, 1932, at the age of 48. Her life was celebrated within the community as well as within the Northeast area as a whole. Dr. Sealover's funeral was held at the Tabernacle Baptist Church, where she had served as a suffragette on April 8, 1932, and over 50% of the South River's population had passed by her casket and viewed the remains of their friend who had relieved the suffering of men, women, and children alike within the community. And she was so beloved that there was many different obituaries published for her, which I'm going to read to you now. Her first, the first obituary from the Daily Record on April 8, 1932, reads, South River pays tribute to doctor. Business halted as rights are held for Sarah Evans Sealover. Business was halted here yesterday afternoon as a tribute to the memory of Dr. Sarah Evans Sealover, a practicing physician here since 1894, who died early Tuesday morning at the home of her niece, Miss E. Thurston Blaisdell, at 416 Broadway, Long Branch. Mayor James B. Armstrong, in paying a tribute to the life and works of Dr. Sealover, asked all, the, all of the places of business to cease work for two minutes beginning at 2 p.m., the hour act for the service at the Tabernacle Baptist Church, where the body lay in state from 10 a.m. to the hour of the service. The South River War Memorial Library, of which the late Dr. Sealover was a trustee, closed for the afternoon in her memory. Flags were all half-mast on all the public buildings as a tribute to the woman physician who had spent the greater part of her life in relieving humanity. Reverend Dr. B. F. Griffith, pastor of the Baptist Church, of which Dr. Sealover had been an active member, 
Reverend Harry Van Cleef, pastor of the South River Methodist Church, formerly of Eatontown, and Reverend Alfonso Dare, pastor of the First Methodist Church in Red Bank, all spoke from the same subject, as we knew her. The choir of the church, with Miss Ida Farr as the or- at the organ, sang two of Dr. Seelover's favorite hymns, Do Not Ask Me to Go Without Jesus, and Sometime Won't Understand. Miss Claire Emily sang a new song written by Dr. Seelover's pastor and dedicated to her memory, entitled, I'll Go, and If I Perish, I Perish. Burial was at Monumental Cemetery, where hundreds awaited the arrival of the funeral party. The final services were conducted by Drs. Griffith and Van Cleef and the Sons and Daughters of Liberty. The pallbearers were Robert F. Fountain, Chairman of the Board of Directors of the First National Bank, George L. Burton, John Pietri, Treasurer of the South River Building and Loan Association, and William S. Lee, Superintendent of Schools, Wilbur Conover and A.L. Dickerson, Treasurer and Trustee, respectively, of the Tabernacle Baptist Church. Services at the Blaisdell home yesterday morning were in charge of Reverends Dr. Dare of Red Bank and Carlton Van Hook, pastor of St. Luke Methodist Church, Long Branch. Dr. Seelover was born at Lincroft, Monmouth County. She was the widow of Charles H. Seelover. And that is a one of the best tributes that I've really ever read. And you can really tell how the community came together to mourn her lost and respect what she had truly contributed. The second obituary that I'm going to read is a little shorter, and it's from the New York Times, published on April 6, 1932. And it reads, Dr. Sarah Evans Seelover, well-known New Jersey physician, dies after long illness. New Brunswick, New Jersey, April 5th. Dr. Sarah Evans Seelover of South River, who is widely known throughout Middlesex County, died this morning at the home of her niece, Miss E. Thurston Blaisdell, 416 Broadway Long Branch, where she had been seriously ill since last summer. Dr. Seelover was born in Lincroft, Monmouth County, 68 years ago. After attending Bucknell University and New York Medical College and serving as an as intern in the New York England New England Hospital for Women at Boston, she began practice at South River in 1894. Two years later, she married Mr. Seelover. She was a suffragist and for years was identified with the Tabernacle Baptist Church. She had served as health inspector and as a physician at the Continuation School. Besides her niece, two brothers survive, George W. Evans of Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and Edwin T. Evans of Tinton Falls, New Jersey. So, the account where I heard that she had died after the winter was actually from the Armstrong article. And that's why with genealogy, it's important to really consider all the sources, because this one has a slightly conflicting account where she had been sick since the summer prior, whereas this one notes that she was sick as of the winter. Now, either way, I'm sure with her age that she, whether, and at this time when, if she had helped this individual, helping them in the winter and shoveling the snow probably didn't help at all to her condition. The third obituary that I'm going to read to you now is from the Central Jersey Home News, published on April 5th, 1932. And this one actually has a photograph of her included. So now we have three different photographs to compare to. 
my photograph as well as the ones here. And it's important to note, and I'm going to say this now, is that when I reached out to the Historical Society, they were very ecstatic because they only had the ones from these documents as well as from the newspaper articles. And this one is an original photograph of her when she was getting her education. So a lot of the photographs that we've seen were her in her late 60s, and now this photograph that I found was actually when she was in her early 20s. So it's really incredible that I was able to find this in the first place. This obituary reads, Dr. S.E. Sealover dies at shore. Women doctor passes away at home of Nice at Long Branch. Dr. Sarah Evans Sealover of South River passed away this morning at the home of her niece, Miss E. Thurston Blaisdell of Broadway Long Branch, where she had been staying since her serious illness of last summer. Dr. Sealover, who was 68 years old, was a practicing physician in South River for over 40 years. Dr. Sealover was born in Lincroft, Monmouth County, and was a daughter of Thomas and Anna Evans. She attended the local school there and later went to Petty Institute and Bucknell University at Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, and the New York Medical College. She spent one year as an intern in the New England Hospital for Women and Children at Boston, Massachusetts. Dr. Sealover was admitted to the practice of medicine and surgery in New York and New Jersey and established herself in South River in 1894. She had a very extensive practice in South River, Sayreville, Old Bridge, and Milltown. On April 30th, 1896, she became the bride of Charles H. Sealover of South River, the ceremony being performed by Reverend William A. Massey of Camden. Dr. Sealover had been a member and trustee of the Tabernacle Baptist South Church in South River for many years, and until illness laid her aside, she was active in both Sunday school and church affairs. During the Spanish influenza epidemic in 1918, the doctor was heroic in efforts to stay the epidemic and cared for over 450 patients, giving medical aid from early morning until late at night, going without meals or rest. Dr. Sealover was affiliated with the Daughters of Liberty degree of Pocahontas No. 79 of New Brunswick, the Circle of King's Daughters of South River, the Ladies' Aid Society of Conklin Methodist Church, as well as the Lady Aid Society of the Tabernacle Baptist Church. Dr. Sealover was a member of the Middlesex County Medical Society and for a long time was a health inspector of South River and school physician at the Continuation School at South River. She also belonged to the Medical Women's National National Association Incorporated of Massachusetts and other professional groups. Dr. Sealover was a director of the South River Building and Loan Association and the South River Free Memorial Public Library. Dr. Sealover is survived by two brothers, George W. Evans of Chapel Hill, New Jersey, and Edwin T. Evans of Tinton Falls, New Jersey, also her niece. Miss E. Thurston Blaisdell of 416 Broadway, Long Branch, with whom she had been making her home. The body will be taken to South River and the funeral hall from a Tabernacle Baptist Church there Thursday afternoon at 2 o'clock. Interment will be in the Monumental Cemetery, South River, under the direction of undertaker James H. Meyer. And, you know, after reviewing all of these, one thing I'm noticing and one thing I didn't discuss earlier was that she never had any children. And, you know, 
with her being involved in so many countless organizations and contributing so much time for her community, both early and later in life, you know, I can kind of see why she was involved in a ton of professional organizations, as well as with many women's organizations, as well as organizations in the community, providing support, both medically and just herself and presence to them. And it's just really crazy and awesome to see that. There was a fourth obituary, which I don't know which newspaper it was, and this was from Find a Grave, which I won't read out because it's a little shorter. The fifth obituary that I was able to locate from the Keyport Enterprise on April 14, 1932, reads, South River pays tribute to doctor. Business halted as rights are held for Sarah Evans Seelover, physician since 1894 in that vicinity. I won't read this one out because it's quite redundant to the one and bears all the basically same information to the Daily Record obituary from April 8, 1932. Now the sixth and final obituary, also from the Daily Record from April 5, 1932. So this one was, the earlier one that I had read was from April 8th. This one is the initial one published on April 5th, which was the day that she had actually passed away. The headline of this article for her obituary reads, Dr. S.E.C. Lover Claimed by Death. Prominent South River woman, physician dies here at niece's home. After an illness of 10 months, Dr. Sarah Evans Lover, a practicing physician at South River since 1894, the year after she graduated from the New York Medical College, died at 3 o'clock this morning at the home of her niece, Miss E. Thurston Bladesdale, of 416 Broadway. Dr. Lover, for whom years was one of the business busiest physicians in Middlesex County, was stricken with paralysis last June and has since been unable to practice. Last fall, she was removed to the Bladesdale home, and since then, two nurses have been in tenants. Dr. C. Lever made a brave fight for her life, and until a short time ago, she had hopes that she might recover and resume the practice of medicine. Funeral services will be held Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. at the Tabernacle Baptist Church, South River, of which the deceased was a member and trustee, besides a worker in the Sunday school. The pastor, Reverend B. F. Griffith, will officiate. Interment will be in the Monumental Cemetery, South River, in charge of James H. Meyer of New Brunswick. Dr. C. Lover was the widow of Charles H. C. Lover, whom she married April 10, 1896. She was the daughter of Thomas Evans, who was one of the early farmers of Middletown Township It was born at Lincroft. There are two surviving brothers. Attended a four, the next sub-byline reads, attended 450 patients in a day. Dr. C. Lover's elementary education was secured in the old leader's school where she was the leader of her class. She attended Petty Institute, Heightstown, and after her graduation there, taught higher mathematics for a year later. She attended Bucknell University, Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, and the New York Medical College, and graduating from the latter institution with the class of 1893. A year later, she took up the practice of medicine at South River. During the Spanish influenza outbreak in 1918, Dr. C. Lover, along with others, was Numbered among the physicians who worked day and night to halt the plague, she had a record of attending 450 patients in one single day. Besides her active practice, she was interested in every movement for the betterment of South River. Dr. C. Lever had 
many friends in Monmouth County, where she spent her childhood days. She was a frequent visitor at the home of her niece here, at which time she always removed old acquaintances and often discussed her early school days in Middletown Township. So just to kind of, I guess, from after reading all these accounts, just to kind of modify my earlier information, it seems that she started her practice in 1894 and that she also was, it wasn't that incident that was mentioned in the Armstrong article, which I kind of took, you know, as fact, but it seems like this one really, her illness actually was much longer. And the fact that she had to stop her practice was really significant since she had done it for so many years. And that was last summer, which was around 10 months ago, when, give or take, when she had actually fallen ill with that. So it's just really crazy to read. And as I mentioned before, she is buried in Washington Monumental Cemetery alongside her husband. And I was actually able to locate her headstone and smaller headstone, which I included in my research blog. Now, one important aspect to remember was despite all this, in around that time, just in 1929 was the stock market crash. And by the early 1930s, it was the Great Depression. However, even though it was the Great Depression, she had left behind an estate which was worth over $400,000, which was worth almost $9 million in today's money. Armstrong notes that Joseph Karcher, who had the responsibility for auditing the accounts of her estate, said that it would appear that although her fees for house calls were extremely low and she stowed great dedication to her patients, they were always apparently willing and able to pay her fees and thus enable her to build up such an impressive estate. Another interesting thing within my research was I actually found a court case which was decided on April 30th, 1937, titled First National Bank South River v. Hurley from the Court of Errors and Appeals regarding her estate. Now, the main issue states that the only, and this was from one account, it states that the only issue here is whether or not the executors are justified in paying to R. Edgar Hurley this sum of two money legacies of $7,000 and one-third of $10,000 here and before mentioned without first deducting therefrom the amount owed the estate from this defendant on account of his note. Under the rule of law, and this was the law at the time, that a legatee indebted to a testator under whose will he is entitled to a legacy shall accept his debt in payment of his legacy, or his legacy may be applied in charge discharge of his debt. The principle is founded in sound reason and justice. Now, I'm not going to read the full case out to you, but I did pull out some notes from this case which I thought were which were very interesting. It reads that the testatrix by codice to her will directed her executors and trustees to extend the time of payment of the principal of the debt due from the legatee for a period of five years from her death. Held tech held testatrix intended the legatee to have the benefit of his legacy immediately upon the settlement of her estate and at the same time the legatees received their responsive legacies. Legatee Hurley was entitled to receive his legacy upon the passing of executor's intermediate account. Payment of such legacy directed together with interest from the date of the passing of the intermediate account, less deduction of accrued interest on a doubt from, due from the legatee. The bill is for the construction of the will and codicils there, thereto of Sarah Evans Lover, who died at South River, New Jersey on April 5, 1932, in the instructions touching the payment of surrogate legacies to the defendant 
R. Edgar Harley are also sought. The decedent state was of the approximate value of $400,000, more than one half of which was disposed of by numerous money bequeaths to close relatives. After an intermediate accounting in the Orphans Court of Middlesex County in August 1933, the executors paid all legacies except those to the defendant R. Edgar Hurley. Touching with the court's instructions are now in salt. The estate is in funds for the payment of R. Edgar Hurley legacies, also in the residuary estate of which, of course, still remains in the hands of the executors undistributed, which was valued at $131,402.08. By the seventh paragraph of her will, the testatress, among her other bequests, bequeathed to her nephew, R. Edgar Hurley, the sum of $7,000, and also to the three children of her deceased sister, Margaret, of whom R. Edgar Hurley was one, the sum of $10,000. R. Edgar Hurley is also one of the residuary legatees, he being entitled to a one-eighth interest in the residue. So from this, I'm not sure what the overall judgment was, but I believe it was in the favor of the Hurley based on what Dr. Sarah Evans Sealover had actually written into her, her will to her nephew. Wow. Overall, I really can't believe I was able to recover this photograph of just such an amazing and profound woman for who her time, you know, she broke so many boundaries and not only had become a physician, but utilized her education and her abilities of power and trust in the community in order to help women earn the right to vote. And I also want to give a big shout out to that article by Armstrong. I was actually which led me to be able to contact the South River Historical Society in the first place, and I was able to actually go visit the museum in person and hand over the, hand over the photograph directly to them. They had mentioned with my correspondence that they had very limited photographs of her, as I mentioned previously, which were the ones found in those newspaper articles, like the ones in the obituary. Now, if you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me at thechosenfamiliesproject at gmail.com. And I also have some other very exciting news. I am now on TikTok. So you can find me at The Chosen Families Project on that platform. Now remember that you are loved and that you're always welcome here. Take care now.